0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including... Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message. Hello, Sermon Podcast listeners. Before we get to the sermon of the day, I wanted to extend to you a special invitation to a live video Zoom conference that we are holding for all of our audience on Monday, July 26th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That would be 6 p.m. on the West Coast. You are invited if you are hearing this message. We'd love to meet you via Zoom conference. We're expecting about a 30-minute meeting on Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Please come and check it out. All of the Zoom links are in the show notes below. We'll love to see you then. Thanks, guys. So praise God. Good to be here this morning. Good to see you. Good to be in the Lord's house and with uh, wonderful men of God. I want us to open up to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse number 1. Oftentimes we are so concerned about what we don't have that we fail to utilize what we do have. You know, people talk about what they do if they hit the lottery. Well, you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning nine times than you hitting the lottery. And for some of you, that'd be the worst thing that could ever happen to you for you to be rich. And so that's why God keeps you in a safe place. (laughs) Amen. He keeps you needing him for that next miracle. There is a sermon in the miracle that we're going to read about today. This is about the miraculous healing, many of you know, of the man who lay at the gate, beautiful at the temple. And he lays there this day as Peter and John, they pass by and he's hoping he's, he's hoping he's going to get a handout from them and maybe something to help him a little bit. He didn't know their social status, but he only knew that he had a need. Like most people, they don't know where you're at, but they just know that they need something. And so Peter sees him, and Peter speaks these powerful words to him. He says, silver and gold, I have not, but such as I have, I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So this man, we know the story. He finds strength in his body. He gets up and he begins to give thanks to the Lord. But we find that shortly after the miracle, a crowd begins to gather and the crowd begins to praise Peter and John. We know the story. And immediately um, they turn to praise to Christ. So this is an extraordinary thing that happened that day. Now, what I want you to understand before I minister just a few moments is I don't want you to think about what you would do if you had such and such. I want you to think about what you have in the name of Jesus, what you have as a son of the most high God, how he's anointed you and how he's filled you with his Holy Spirit and empowered you to do great things. And so I want us to read this text. It says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk. God, we thank you for your favor and for your grace. I thank you, God, for all that you've done. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for the great things that we feel you doing in the earth. And I pray, God, that you would use us as instruments, tools, God, and weapons in your hands. I thank you, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. And all God's men said, amen. So I want to talk about what I have I must give. What I have I must give. Firstly, we need to understand that having is sharing, that the kingdom of God is all about what we have. We have to hold on to it very loosely. And so there's the understanding of experience and expression. That means that if you, if you understand that God has spoken to you and has saved you, that life that you have experienced must find expression in your life or it's not real. That's good. I, I don't have any ladies this morning to say amen. So I need some brothers, about 300 of you guys to say amen. You can only give what you possess. So if you have this experience of salvation, then it must be an expression in your life. You know, we meet people all the time that say how much they love Jesus, but you never see that revealed in their life. It it, 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 it kind of brings a contempt when you see people that say how much they love God, but you never see, especially as a pastor. When you when you have people in your congregation, they tell you how much God spoke to them, but you never see any manifestation at all. How God spoke to them, how they have a powerful revelation, uh, but you never see that demonstrated. So, what a beautiful portrait of the Christian life. You cannot separate the two. You cannot separate your experience and your expression. One man said, "If a man's religion, if a man has religion, he must either give it up or give it away." Can I say that again? If a man has a religion, he must either give it up or give it away. If your Christianity is real, it needs to find some expression in your everyday life. I feel like preaching. I'm already ready for this morning, Pastor. If it's real, if it's real, then you will give it away. Peter said, I don't have gold and silver. But he says, well, I'll tell you what I do have. Oh, man. <laughs> That's some of you. You're always, man, if I had more money. Well, you don't. You don't, so don't spend your whole life talking about if you had more money or if you were uh, maybe from a different uh, uh, part of town or maybe if you were just a little bit more gifted. uh, Listen, Peter said, I don't have gold and silver, but I have Christ and I can share him with you. Listen, we can all do this. We can all do this. I I remember moving to South Africa, and and a lot of missionaries, um, they don't listen, I didn't listen to people that were already missionaries that tell you things you should not do. And one of the things they told me that I should never do is give anybody money, ever. They said, don't even reach in your pocket like you're even thinking about it. When they ask you for money, (laughs) you need to put on your poker face. And so I remember one day, you know, I I pastored a church in, in Soweto. Lots of poor people all around me. Most of the people in my church didn't eat Meat at all. They ate this this what they call millet. All it is is something that has no nutritional value. It just fills your stomach so you won't starve. And so I remember one day I'm in front of the church and some people came up and they were like, you know, Pastor. They actually they, they called me Master actually, which I didn't like, Master. You know, but but it, it was they were trying to play me. Talk to me, somebody trying to play me. Figure if I can't be Master in my home, I'll be Master somewhere. And so. <laughs> and, and so they said do, do you have any money and, and, and just for I had a, just a brief second of stupid I put my hand in my pocket you know the money just and a crowd gathered around me and the words came ringing back to me and I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm thinking should I give them any money should I and I took money out of my pocket and I gave it to one person and the place went berserk I had all kinds of people around me. What about me? What about me? You're not going to give me anything. You gave them something. And the revelation came to me that I can't feed all of South Africa. The, the, The revelation came to me. There was a reason why they said don't give any money because you don't have enough money to feed this whole country. And if you start it, it will never stop. Impossible task. We don't have enough money to feed every homeless person in this city. That's why Jesus never came with a social program. You know, if Jesus had a social program, the prodigal son would have never went home. Just let that one marinate for a minute. You just take that one, just let that marinate till next week sometime. You'd be like, oh, yeah. If Jesus had a social program, then they would have just gave him a sandwich. (laughs) And he would have never went to the father's house. We are called to be transmitters of the divine grace of God. So having is sharing. So if you have had an experience with God, it must be an expression in your life. So you say, Pastor, what do I have? I maybe want to maybe encourage you this morning about what we do have, because so often we think that we don't have anything, but the very thing that we have is what they need. Good preaching, preacher. We have, number one, we have the compassion of Christ. At least we should. (laughs) They had more than willingness. You know, a lot of people have a willingness, but they don't have a will to do anything. They had the same passion that Christ had when Christ looked upon the multitudes and he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. So they had Christ's compassion, the same compassion that Christ had when he uh, uh, was with the woman at the well. You guys remember the story. He had compassion for her. He said, the thing that you're looking for is not the thing that will ever satisfy you. The thing that you're looking for is right here, right in front of you. They had Christ's compassion that should burn Inwardly, in every one of us, can I tell you, men of God, every man in this building, if you say that you've experienced Christ, you should have a compassion for the lost. And if you don't have a compassion for the lost, then I have to question your salvation and mine. That's why I get real nervous about all these churches that will sit in church and cry about lost people but never go out and reach lost people. You know, we, need, we don't need churches to sit at all and have an all-night prayer meeting crying about lost people, but you'll never go find anybody that's lost. That's good preaching up in here. I don't even need a church here today. Sitting around, we're going to have an all-night prayer meeting. We're going we're to pray for the lost for six months. Well, why don't you get your butt on the street and find somebody? It ain't too hard. It ain't too hard. Say amen, so that's not too hard. You ain't even got to go that far. You can roll six times and be a Circle K. You ain't gotta walk, just roll. Cartwheel. And I promise you, from here to Circle K, you'll bump into somebody that needs Jesus. God, He He calls us to action. And only shallow people, heartless people, are not moved by the plight of humanity. I remember years ago. Uh, brother JJ, he lives, breathes, and eats witnessing. You, 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 you might not know it. Some of y'all might not know it, but but that's just who he is. You know, some people, that's just who they are. Some of us, you got to try harder. You feel me? But there's some people that it's just in him. And I, I, I remember we were next door neighbors actually years ago. And, uh, man, he's always talking about witnessing constantly. And I remember one time I was trying to get out of witnessing with him. <laughs> I said, man, we ain't got no flyers. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me preach here on Sunday morning? We ain't even got no flyers. <laughs> and so he said to me, he says, we don't need any flyers. You got a testimony, don't you? I'm like, well, kind of. <laughs> because, you know, the, the truth about either, either you're moved with compassion or you're moved with contempt, and either people move you to try to reach them, or they really just get on your nerves so much you want them away from you. I remember pastor saying that. He, he talked about years ago, he was just talking about how either, he talked about how you look at people and how you view people is strongly going to dictate whether or not you want to reach them or not. And so if you're not compassionate towards them, the only natural course is to have content for them. Where you don't want them around you, you don't want them working next to you, you're trying to get out of the job that God put you there to be compassionate towards people. Oh my goodness. So they had Christ. Can I just say that? That maybe God put you there in that job. That you're saying, man, I'm just praying for a miracle. I'm just trying to get out of here, man. They got so many people that are anti God. Well, what the heck do you think we live in? What kind of. Uh, come on, folks. Do you really want God to put you in a work environment that everybody is just every day you walk in there like praise God brother? Hallelujah. Let's just link up hands and pray and you can all just sit together Kumbaya my Lord. I'm going to tell you some of the some of the craziest environments I've been in are people that hate God so much. I work with a girl at DHL She vexed me every day. Every day. I want to smack her. I asked Brother Mel, I said, Brother Mel, I want to hit her. He said, don't hit her, pray for her. Gave me some scripture because she's just crazy. Got to have compassion on people. So they they had Christ's compassion. Also they had Christ's name as authority. There's power in the name of Jesus, Jesus. Pastor, priest, and conference, the only name given under heaven by which men can be saved. They said, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And we know this is not a typical outreach kind of thing. You're not going to always have this typical kind of outreach thing where, where you're going out and people are, are physically standing up and walking. But I believe that we can find, if we can find some faith to believe that people can stand up and walk, we'll probably see more miracles. That that if we begin to go and we go outreach and evangelize and tell people about Jesus, if we really, if God can find some people that really believe something's going to happen, you know what is happening to most of our outreaches? We don't believe nothing's going to happen anyway. And then we're astonished when nothing happens. We're like, man, that outreach was a, man, outreach was a dud. Why do we keep doing this? But we never stop to think that maybe we're the ones that had no faith for the outreach no faith for the miracles. No faith to believe. And so we entered into the outreach, into the evangelistic uh, 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 campaign with no faith at all. And we're amazed when nothing happens. Boy, it's quiet up in here. Thank God I'm, a, I'm not a young man and scared. As we call upon the Lord, we are calling upon his authority, his dominion, his sovereignty, his office. They, they used, thirdly. Christ as their method of evangelism. You know, you find Christ is always very practical. And what I've been sharing with the church um, this week and in our, our meetings this week is that the Lord is very simple in his approach. We make everything very complicated, but the Lord is very simple in his approach. Peter took this lame man by the hands and he lifted him up. Follow me. Jesus has chose to work through human agency. That is his plan that he is going to work through ordinary men like me and you. That is his plan. That is his desire. He is going to use our hands. If anything is going to get done, he is going to do it through us. Angels aren't coming. Can I get an amen from somebody? Angels aren't coming. Don't pray angels come down. God uses our hands for his purpose. The Bible says in James five fourteen. we know it. Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Remember, Jesus, he could have if he wanted to. He could have spoke a word to Bartimaeus. He could have because he can do anything. Say amen, church. He can do anything. But he says, I want you to bring him to me. Do you know how people are going to make their way to your church? Now, I know you think, pastor. Oh, it's quiet in here. I, I know what you're thinking. You're like, I know, I know how people need to get Pastor need to, pastor need to be out here. they out on the streets, man. That's what we pay him for. I know he'd be preaching and stuff, man, but he need to be out there. Don't get it twisted. Look, I can feel you this morning. I can feel you this morning. Sometimes you, you, you see pastor and you're like, you're like, so where you going? Pastor's like, well, you know, I, I got to preach three times this week. You want some food, don't you? You want some food, don't you? Yeah, I want to eat. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do a little bit of work, and and and, and so. But but I remember the first time uh, I sent Tony Chase out on the streets. I wanted to see what he was gonna do. He's like, Pastor, I can't. I can't. I said, Man, get the bullhorn and go. He's like, What you gonna be doing? I said, Don't worry about what I'm gonna be doing. Don't worry about. Don't worry about. Don't worry about what I'm gonna be doing. <laughs> Where you gonna be at, Pastor? Put him. We were in Virginia Beach. Put him in the middle of the intersection where if you step either way, you're going to get killed. He's right in, the, he's right in the, middle of the middle of the intersection. That dude was preaching like he lost his mind. And actually, I put him out there, and I went and followed up, and I was actually across the street watching him. You know, are we using our hands to get a hold of others? Because Christianity is a hands-on lifestyle to bring people to the master physician. You know, we live in a very um, aloof type of climate today where people don't get their hands on people anymore. I want you guys to hear me, and I say this with all respect. I don't say this to be disrespectful. The fight that many of you young guys are going to have is we, we live in a climate where people, they'd rather text someone than just go to somebody and get them. I'm from the old school where you just go, you roll up on people. Straight up, you roll up on them. You roll up right up to their house. You roll up on them. Hey, let's go. Because you find oftentimes you text them, I don't tell you anything. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm really busy right now. (laughs) And oftentimes, come on, somebody, oftentimes our our evangelism is texting. Oftentimes our evangelism is emailing. Oftentimes our evangelism is WhatsApp. Christianity is a hands-on lifestyle. You've got to bring people to the master. If you want the kingdom of God to be advanced, then we've got to have men this morning that are willing to take your hands, your legs, and work. Paul Rees, he said these words. He says, our knee work and hand work should go together. Our knee work and our hand work should go together. Not even prayer is a substitute for action. So they used also, as I begin to close, they used Christ and his spirit as power. This miracle that we read about had power and impact in the city. And Peter, he's speaking before a hostile crowd, hostile authorities. And he says these words. He says, and we are witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost whom has given, who has been given to them that obey him. These men had been empowered by God through the Holy Spirit. That we know the story transformed this little ragtag group of men we read about in Acts chapter 2. Transformed them into a great mighty army that turned the world upside down. You know my prayer for my church and my prayer for my city is that God would give us some men in our church full of the Holy Ghost. I wish I had some Holy Ghost men in this house. I said full of the Holy Ghost. Not just sitting around prophesying over your brother how powerful he is. Y'all hear me here today? We, we need to stop all that nonsense all up in church, you know, uh, uh, lighting people, insulting people. You don't need to salt your brother if he's already salt. That's good right there. I say you don't need to salt your brother who already has salt. That's the problem with the church world. They spend so much time salting each other. They spend too much time shining light on people that already should be light. So the Bible says that you should take your salt and put your salt where it can have the most powerful impact. You should take your light and put your light where there's the greatest darkness. Oh, it's nervous up in here today. We need some Holy Ghost men here today. They'll say, I want to turn this city Upside down. I want to see people get nervous when we come on the scene. I want to see people get nervous about their sin when we step up. When we open the car, we ain't coming out with guns blazing. We coming out with gospel blazing. Remember years ago, <laughs> we used to go down on rule and the freeway, if I can remember it, so long ago. And I <coughs> we would preach on the back of my little Suzu pickup truck. Put the speaker on the back of the truck and preach and preach and preach. So I ain't got no more sense. Remember one night we're out there. And in the middle of this crowd, I had a whole circle of people around me. And uh, this one kid is acting all stupid. There's two big kids out there, high school kids. And they grabbed him and smacked him so many times. Boy, they, they pimp slapped that dude. They slapped him so many times. And they and, and they they brought him right in front of him and said, You're gonna listen to him. You will not disrespect him. I said, That's what I'm talking about. I didn't have to fight nobody. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I'm about to knock this boy out, but I didn't have to. We need we need some men that aren't scared. Some of y'all scared. I can feel your fear. I can feel your fear. Just like I told some of the guys in my church, I said, You know something? It amazes me, some of you dudes. Some of you dudes, if I even mention street preaching, you sick. I can't, even, I can't even get the words to even uh, properly roll off my lips. As soon as I just say, They're like, street. That sound like street. I can say, Listen, I can say street tacos. You know, it amazes me. You say street preaching for most of the churches, and now all of a sudden people got to get home early. Wife don't want to go. Don't matter, don't matter if you say, hey, we're only going to stay out for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Just go get it in real quick. Nah, man. no, nah, seriously. No, seriously. I've got it. Seriously. Or they'll start driving like they're going there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. To walk in some power. We were preaching out at the Ostrich Festival. Hauled a brother off the jail. Was anybody there? Who, who was there then? A few of us got locked up in the pokey, didn't we? <laughs> I remember out there preaching out there at the Ostrich Festival and they were like, oh, We've got a um, we've got a free speech zone for you. And I said, No, my free speech zone is right here. They're like, No, 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 this isn't a free speech zone. We've got a special place for you. And so they had us tucked over in between a beer tent. Y'all ain't hearing me here today. They had us tucked over between a beer tent and a band. So being polite, I went with the coordinator, and he showed me the free speed zone that they had. It was actually for the door. Mind you, they know the church is going out there. Help me, somebody. And so it was actually the door free. So he took me over. And I said, listen, I said, I don't like this free speed zone. And I'm not going to stand over here. So I remember I went back. We're out there and we're preaching. And a cop comes up. He says, you need to tell him to stop. I said, I can't make these people stop. These grown people. I can't make them stop. He says, you're in charge, right? I said, yeah, but I can't make them stop. You can't even make them stop. He says, somebody going to go to jail tonight. I said, I guess somebody is. So I remember we're out there preaching. And, and some people walk by, and, and so I'm asking the police officer, with all respect, I'm like, "Who owns the sidewalk?" He says it's public property. I said, "So that means if I pay my taxes, I can be here just like you can." He says that is true, but you gotta go. I said, "No, I'm not leaving. I can't." That's not a good answer. I said, "You need to call your boss." Boss comes out here, little brother. So I'm six foot five. That dude's probably five foot eight. So I'm, I'm talking to him, but I won't even look at him. I'm looking over him. <laughs> so he's all up in my face, his chest all puffed up. He's like, man, somebody's going to need to go. Y'all need to get up out of here. I said, no, 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 I'm not even looking at him. I said, no, no, we're not going to leave. Next thing I know, Mel gets arrested. <laughs> you know, you got to have some cops if you're going to get Mel Bianco. You better come with SWAT team. They arrested Mel. <laughs> they arrested Dave Schmidt. They arrested Rodney Burnett. They arrested somebody else too, and they got me. I don't know why they got me. <laughs> uh, but I said you ain't gonna shut me. You, listen, you have to kill me to shut me up. I said you have to kill me to shut me up. Straight up, you have to kill me. You ain't gonna be able to threaten me and all that. You have to kill me to shut me up. We need some men that's got some power. Some people that aren't afraid to share your experience. You either give it up or you lose it. So, you know, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm done. It's the filling of the Holy Spirit that drives out carnality. That's what Pastor Campbell's always taught us. You get full of the Holy Ghost, you'll stop being carnal. You get full of the Holy Ghost, you'll stop being full of fear. And as I shared with the church before, you know, if you don't walk in power and anointing and walk in obedience, then there's no need for power and anointing. It's when you walk and step out in obedience to do what God has ordained for you to do that he couples your obedience with his power. That's why you don't need power to sleep. Say amen, somebody. You need power to do his will. And so to have is not enough, Peter said. Peter says, such as I have, I give. And I want to challenge you, men of God. I love the way one uh, person, they, they said, my possessions have become my debt. I do not own them. I owe them, and I must share them. You can't give what you don't have. That means if you don't have any compassion, you need to pray that God would give you some compassion. If your heart does not break for a world that is dying the same, Jesus and people. See, many of you here, you know why many of you are here today? Because somebody extended themselves to you. That is why you're here. That's why you're, can can somebody say amen? How many people are here because somebody witnessed to you? Throw your hand up. Oh my goodness, look around. That's why you're here. The reason why I'm here is because Gene Proctor reached out his hand to me. And he invited me to church almost 29 years ago. That's the reason why I'm here. Because he was a man that lived, breathed, and ate evangelism. He said, whatever I've got to do to reach someone, my experience must be expressed. Every day, all day, every opportunity that you and I get. Can't keep what you don't give away. And the reason why so many believers have become weak and sterile is they hold everything in. And I want to challenge you here today. Be a voice for righteousness. Speak the truth in love. You want to see your church grow? Some of you want to see your church grow. I know you do. You wouldn't, listen, you wouldn't get up early in the morning like this, man. You wouldn't do this. I don't care how many people will call you and say, where were you at? You wouldn't do it. You just, you, you just take it. But you're here because you say, I want to do something for God. I'm going to tell you how to do something for God. You be his hands. Say, God, I'm willing to go and bring somebody. I don't have gold and silver. We don't have the best buildings. We don't have the best facilities. We don't have all the programs. But I'll tell you what we do have. We have Jesus Christ of Nazareth living in our lives. We have his name as authority. We have his compassion in our hearts. And we're going to walk in that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bow our heads in our hearts. God bless you.